From the Cervera Newsroom in sunny Miami, welcome to the Miami Real Estate Podcast, your home for expert insight on all things Miami real estate. I'm your host, Omar DeWint. Let's get started. Welcome back to How to Be a Top Producer on the Miami Real Estate Podcast. We're breaking down the highly effective habits of the industry's top producers and rainmakers. Today, we're sitting with John Reza Parciani, our resident celeb realtor here at Cervera, and an all-around rainmaker. John, thanks for coming. Thank you for having me. So we're uh, a little bit of background for the audience on John. He is a member of our development uh, division here at Cervera that's selling pre-construction, new construction condominiums on the ARIA, on the Bay sales team, one of the most exciting new projects in Miami's arts and entertainment district just north of downtown. He sold uh, last year, or total, I believe it was a little over 78 million, close to 90 million in sales in that time. You're number one top producer on the team in, in 2017. Timbaland, Mark Anthony are among the bold-faced names that uh, call him uh, a realtor. And outside the office, he's a home run hitter on our Severa kickball team, the Fighting Orange, and a <laughs> member of the Master Brokers Forum, board member as well for the Asian Real Estate Association of America's Greater Miami Chapter. So you got a long resume there, Don. <laughs> Thank you. I, I try hard. So speaking of, of the Asian Real Estate Association of America, you're also my roomie when we travel abroad to conventions. I haven't seen you since Seattle, so have you been since then? I've been great. I traveled a lot. Actually, that time I was in Portland, Seattle, Vancouver, Hawaii, back to, my, to New York, back to Miami, back to New York, and, and here again. Um, so it's been a lot of traveling, which I, which I love to do for work uh, as well, and um, it's been great. Excellent. So we're going to hopefully extract some real good insight from you today for our audience, our realtors, entrepreneurs that are there. But before we get to it, I have a bit of business I've been meaning to, to ask you about. And that is um, going back to Aria. When we were in San Diego, okay, when we were in San Diego last October for the national convention for, for Aria, I realized that you were a bit of a card shark, a, a poker, <laughs> you know, a poker ace in the Aria poker room. What's that about? When and how did you become, you know, so good at poker? Well, I think poker is a little bit like life, right? You know, you do what you can with the cards you're, you're dealt. Okay. Uh, sometimes you hold them, sometimes you fold them, uh, and sometimes you fake it till you make it, you know? <laughs> well, you, you, you faked it pretty well there. I mean, you had some pocket aces up your sleeve. It was some, it was good times. When you have a winning hand, you have to go all in, just like uh, you have to do in life, and and uh, so, yeah. Well, I want to give a shout out to the uh, San Francisco chapter of Absolutely. ARIA that hosted us for uh, for that tournament during uh, the national convention. And we're looking forward to seeing all you guys, Sonny, Gavin, and, and a lot in, in Vegas Absolutely. this coming October. That should be a fun one. Bring your money, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it. John, Johnny's going to take it. And I heard a rumor that for Vegas that the Miami chapter is going to have a house right there. Off the Absolutely. Yeah, it's going to be a fun uh, fun trip this time, and Miami's going to represent us. Uh-oh. All right. I'm looking forward to that. So, um, All right. So let's get started, John. We're talking today about being a top producer. Uh, let's take me back to the beginning. We all have our stories, right? You're from Sweden. That's, that's correct. Um, the blonde hair and blue eyes, don't let that fool you. Um, Persian originally. Okay. Um, so uh, what a lot of people don't know is, um, well, to, going back to the beginning, I was born in the city of uh, wine and poetry, okay. a, a city by the name of Shiraz in nice. southern Iran. And um, um, it was a beautiful time early on, but then the, the country was going through a revolution at the time, um, which ended up being a 10-year war. Um, my family at that time, um, after all the craziness, uh, decided to get, get out of the country. Um, 
and uh, I do remember many nights and many days where, where my parents woke me up and we had to run down to the basement and um, you know the, with the bombers overhead wow. um, and I remember looking out of the windows and, and seeing the sky light up with anti-aircraft uh, uh, guns and everything and for me it was a video game in a, in a way um, but I do remember you know the good the bad and the ugly you know mm -hmm. it, it, the country kind of transformed uh, politically economically socially it was a, it was a devastation and it's been ever since um, unfortunately but um, but yeah I do remember those uh, the aftermath the bombings the the war and all of that and then we we left um, destination was Sweden um, on the way we lived in India and Singapore for mm -hmm. a few months Wow. Mm, that was Two a very places I want to visit. Right, uh, amazing places, both of them. A big contrast um, to each other. So that was an amazing time for me as well. Uh, turbulent to say the least in that age. I was nine years old when we left, um, and then uh, going to a pristine, beautiful country of Sweden, um, which I think uh, is an amazing country. It's a piece of heaven on this on this earth. Um, but at the time, it was very turbulent there as well because getting there and looking like I do, you know, not blonde hair and blue eyes. Um, I remember in the very beginning in, in Stockholm um, uh, when I moved there, I remember a neo-Nazi parade. I mean, uh, wow. you know, skinheads with swastikas, you know, marching the streets there. What um, year was this? This was back in the 80s. Okay. So, um, uh, you know, there was, a, there was a lot of those groups around. There was an, it wasn't safe for someone that looks like me to be out at night in certain areas. Mm -hmm. um, so it was a challenging time for me as a teenager growing up there, for sure. I was one of very few handful of students in the entire um, school that I was in that was not, um, that looked the way I did and sure. was, was a foreigner in that sense. So I went through some very um, interesting times there, beautiful as well. Um, I think the education system is phenomenal. Um, you know, it's a, it's a beautiful country, but I had enough of it because at that time when I was about 19 years old and this passionate youth mm -hmm. that I was in, um, and I, you know, you want to belong. And right. I never felt like I did. Um, and every day I felt like someone in somehow would remind you um, that you don't really belong if you look like me. <clears throat> and oftentimes through a gesture or maybe even a direct comment, but I said enough is enough and I, and I applied to universities here in the United States. Okay. Um, moved here and the rest is pretty much history. Been here ever since and I go back to Sweden. My sister lives there uh, and I visit, but, um, but this is my home. So when you came to the, where did you end up going to school? Um, Embry-Riddle at first. Oh, in, Day in Daytona. Yes. And Aaron I Aaron think Aaron I mentioned Aaron. I wanted to be a pilot. That's, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, a lot of my college buddies are. Um, I went for aviation computer engineering mm -hmm. uh, was, the, um, was the major at that time. And um, that's uh, kind of, you know, went, went from there. And so leaving school, I believe you started working with Delta, is that? Correct. Uh, I got a summer job with Delta, and as it happens to be, because I was advised um, to go into the computer engineering field, it wasn't my passion, but I was kind of, it, was, it came natural, it came easy for me at the mm -hmm. time. Technology was easy, so um, uh, it, was, it was not something that I had an interest in, and therefore in school I did not do quite well when I was, when I was uh, my GPA was something like 1.5 or oh, something wow. insane. Uh, and it was Daytona Beach, and at that time you could drive on the beach, and had a convertible, and it was a good time. So right. you know, school was, um, especially if you're not interested. There's enough distractions sure, when you just seat. move into the United States. Beautiful sun from an extreme, you know, like mostly winter country to a mostly summer. Right. I always joke and I say, you know, we have two seasons in in Miami mm -hmm. or in Florida: this summer and last summer. 
<laughs> so those are our two seasons. I haven't heard that one. That's as, as opposed to uh, this winter and last winter, as it tends to be in Sweden. So um, there was a lot, a lot of distractions um, here for me as well, but not having an interest in the field that I was in uh, made me not perform so well. Um, so I got a summer job with Delta Airlines, and I quickly, you know, um, got promotions very quickly. And that progressed. was in what department? Um, it was actually. I worked in everything. I worked as far as uh, cargo, supervisor, ticket counter, gates, crown room club, um, and then ended up as the Southeast um, um, sales and marketing manager, okay. um, account executive there. So, and that was my last position with the, with the, with the airline. So, but, and that was, that was before you jumped to real estate, Correct. right? So talk me through that a little bit, because I recall in a conversation we had, you know, in the past that you were by, standard accounts doing well at Delta in the position and in, in the, the sales, uh, that sales position you just mentioned, but it what you felt like maybe there was more opportunity, like what sort of made you jump from having a salaried, comfortable position to then being an entrepreneur, essentially, which those of you in the real estate industry are entrepreneurs. What was that like? And how did you finally make that decision? Um, I, you know, the, the airline industry is, uh, is an interesting field. Uh, it's very seniority based. Okay. Uh, not so much performance. So you can outperform, you can do amazing things. I felt uh, at that time, maybe it's changed since then, but um, I, I felt like my performance wasn't rewarded um, equally. It was, okay, well, you've done great now, but you have to wait until you, you know, second year or five year in order to get a raise or in order to get some, you know, some kind of progress in mm -hmm. your position even. Um, so I felt um, at that time, it was the early 2000s, mm -hmm. uh, real estate was taken off. And by the guidance and, and um, um, forceful hand uh, in some ways, which I needed at the time, of my my mother saying, "Listen, this is you know this is a field maybe you should look into." Mm -hmm. um, I did, and at that time I was driving around four days out of the week, pretty much visiting different accounts, Bacardi USA, American Express, on behalf of Delta, and negotiating contracts. I think I was um, in charge of about seventy million dollars worth of uh, accounts, um, negotiating bigger contracts with them, uh, successfully so. Um, so my mother felt, you know, if you can do that. For, for those contracts, you can certainly do that. Real estate is a very similar field. Mm -hmm. So um, so I took that advice, thank God I did, and um, jumped into the real estate field. And um, I, obviously in the airline industry, wasn't doing very well at the time either. It was post 9-11, sure. um, as you can imagine. So, um, you know, it was, it was tough times. Um, so, uh, you know, I got into real estate and um, it's, it's been an amazing run. And what year was that that you made the leap into real estate? It was 2003. And okay. So then, uh, and by the way, for the audience out there, we're talking to once again, John Reza Parciani, as I like to call him, Johnny Parciani, all around rainmaker and top producer here at Cervera. So John, you made the leap into real estate in, in 03. Were you, did you start with Cervera or? I did not. I actually started with uh, a company called Ocean View International, which was a, a, a largest independent uh, company, I think, in South Florida at the time, mm -hmm. um, something like I think 1,500 agents, something like it was a pretty, uh, pretty uh, big company at the time. So, and and I was pushed into, or kind of, they put me as a sales uh, office manager um, for the Hollywood office almost immediately. When you as a new agent, interesting was that I assume because you had a corporate background. Exactly. Okay. I had good discipline. I came from uh, from uh, you know a scheduled, very rigid, scheduled background mm -hmm. in that sense, which I'm grateful for because I think if you have a corporate background, you understand what it is to have to have a. I think schedule is very important. Okay. Um, so I think in a corporate background, it teaches you to kind of stick to it. You can't be even five minutes late. Mm -hmm. um, so it teaches you those kind of important 
important skills. So when I was with Delta Airlines, when I transitioned, <clears throat> I guess they saw the potential in me. And um, they put me as an office manager, as a, as a fairly new agent. Mm -hmm. um, so I became, I had to learn very quickly. Sure. So I, I had to curve my, uh, you know, uh, learning, I had to shorten my learning curve very quickly um, to learn very fast. Because if I'm going to mentor or help other agents, mm -hmm. um, you know, so I, I, it, it actually helped me learn very quickly, very fast, all the different facets of the industry. So when for somebody who's jumping into real estate, let's say, or whether you're coming from another field or you just got your license, how did you set yourself apart or what advice do you give to those out there and setting yourself apart when you come into this super competitive marketplace? Um, great question. I mean, the, the thing that I did, what worked for me was um, you know, the way I look at it is this. When you're getting your real estate license and going through the school and the certification, you learn everything what not to do in the business. Okay. Nothing of what to do to be successful. Almost okay. nothing, in my opinion. Um, once you get your license, it's like, okay, congratulations. Now what do I do? Um, so that, for me, for, for you to be successful, then you have to start a three, six, or nine-month uh, intelligence gathering, as I would call it. Okay. Go to all the classes, learn every single thing there is to be a success, uh, work with teams, work with top producers, um, people that have been in your field. Find your home interview different companies and see, um, because all the different real estate companies are like vehicles to me. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, you have to find, um, you know, you have to find a right vehicle that fits you best, um, that kind of complements your strengths and makes up for your weaknesses mm -hmm. in order for you to excel. So in that sense, they're all different environments. You have to see which environment that suits you and you can grow the most in. So um, I think the intelligent gathering part is very important, not to jump in right away and just be about money. You know, how do I make my next Mm -hmm. you know, paycheck. Um, it's, it's important to have some savings before you get into the business as well, because okay. real estate to me is very much like farming. Um, you don't plant the seed and come back tomorrow and say, I want to eat from the fruits of that tree. Um, sure. You plant the seeds, you plant a bunch, you don't just do one either because, you know, the environment can be rough right. and that seed may never grow. So you, you grow many seeds, as many as you possibly can, and that that you need to be on top of to nurture as well. Make sure they get enough sun, enough water, mm -hmm. enough attention, and trim them as they grow and become the trees that they do to later on then come back and say, okay, now I want to eat off of these trees and I want to eat off of these things. So um, it's not, a, I feel like a lot of the mistakes that many make when they get into the business is they feel like, okay, I'm going to get in and I'm going to make money almost immediately. Some might because of their network, because of their luck or chance or whatever that might be or skill. Mm -hmm. um, but I also, I really do feel like it's you know you have different seasons like farming plant the seed nurture it and then it grows yeah i think i like that and in, in terms of being realistic right and and sort of cautious and preparing for that i think we had talked one time it was you say if, in terms of if you had to give a recommendation you would say what six months worth of a sort of cushion to minimum 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 six, six months. and max like i would say ideally a year uh-huh um, but not that it's going to take you that long, you know, honestly, it shouldn't uh, almost, but, but it's good to have that cushion so that you're not desperate mm -hmm. because in desperation, you make mistakes mm -hmm. often um, and you do the wrong things and then you get frustrated and then you might leave the industry. Right. So if you have that cushion, you're focused on doing the right thing mm -hmm. for the right people, which is the most important thing is your integrity has to be in place to do the best you can for your clients and not think about, well, I got to do what I got to do to make that money. Um, so that is very important for me. So you have to really, if you have that cushion, you're focused on, um, you know, how much I can learn, what's the best way to learn it, mm -hmm. how, what's the best market I can serve, 
what are my strengths and how I can, you know, expand on those. Awesome. So we, okay, so we talked about setting yourself apart, right? And coming in and, and doing your information intelligence gathering, then what would you say, what, what would be the three most important factors from that point? Let's say uh, three keys to success for any realtor. What I say is you need, um, you always need to work hard, hard work. There's no substitute for hard Darn. work. You gotta, I know. <laughs> dang it. <laughs> so you have to work hard. I think hard work is a key to any, any successful venture. Mm -hmm. um, there, and there's re really no replacement. Some people say don't work hard, work smart. Great, work smart, but work harder. Right. That will exponentially um, you know, um, give you back the success that you need. So uh, hard work is the number one pillar, the number one um, thing that you can't replace. Mm -hmm. um, the second thing is being reliable. Okay. It's very important in being reliable and being consistent in, in some aspects. Um, what does it mean to be reliable? Do what you say you're going to do when you say you're going to do it. Okay. Right? That's, that's a big thing, and that builds trust, that builds uh, rapport, so people know that they can trust you and they can rely on you. In real estate, half the challenge is picking up the phone. A lot of, you know, a lot of times you call people and they don't pick up the phone. So that's also, <laughs> that's also a reliability right? so, issue. So uh, being reliable is the second pillar, and I think the third and most important is integrity. Um, you know, doing doing the the right thing for the clients and for the buyers and for the sellers, doing what's in their best interest first and foremost, mm -hmm. and never putting yourself above that. Mm -hmm. So I think that you can rise very fast. I always tell um, the agents that I'm if I'm training them or my team, I always say you can rise very fast in this business and become very successful very quick mm -hmm. with the first two, being hard, being a hard worker and being reliable. Mm -hmm. You can you can do amazing things. Uh, but once you're at that altitude, for you to maintain that uh, that level, you need the third pillar, which is the integrity part. Mm -hmm. uh, so um, those are the three things that I would say are, are very important. Excellent. So once again, we're talking to John Reza Parciani, and we're uh, covering some interesting stuff here today on how to be a top producer. So, John, we talked about three keys to success. Give me one thing I absolutely have to avoid, a mistake to avoid if I if I want to succeed. Mistake to avoid. I would say um, stagnation comes to mind. You know, feeling like you know it all or know enough. Okay. Um, I'm never the kind of person that say I am. This is just who I am because mm -hmm. I'm who I am is changing from day to day. Who I was today, uh, I try to you know best myself every single day. My my competition is never exterior. It's always interior. Mm -hmm. uh, the person I need to beat is John Rezo Parciani every day, <laughs> uh, even if I'm better by one percent. Uh, you know, in one year, I'm 365% better. And give me an example so, of ways that you beat yourself, right? How do you keep yourself? Well, in every way. If I make, um, for example, if I'm in general real estate, which is, uh, I'm not now, I'm in, I'm in pre-construction sales, but I obviously I do general as well. If, I'm, if I'm, my goal is to do 30 calls a day, mm -hmm. for example, um, the next day I would like to do 31. And the next day, I would like to do 32. Or, in a way, I also measure it is okay. I'll do 32, but how can I do that better? How can I increase the uh, the rapport or the success rate of that? So I look for small ways to, you know, uh, big success is usually very small increments. Mm -hmm. People think, okay, well, I have to change, uh, you know, 180 degrees. No, if you just change small degrees, attainable progress is much more important than setting huge goals. Right. Um, I believe in setting big goals also, but also be realistic in your approach mm -hmm. to that goal. And, you know. I like that. And, I, and there's so quantifiable goals, right? And you're measuring them. And then I read, a, you remind me of a book that I read called Lead with a Story, which I recommend it. It's very, very good. You read it? 
Oh, okay. There you go. So, and in there, they're talking about there's a chapter on sort of stoking that competitive fire, and it comes with those like numbers, and then you know basically trying to increase them a little bit. But um, so you just sort of reminded me of of, of that um, anecdote and strategy, I guess, if you will, especially for teams. You have a, you have a group of three, four, five. You know, you have certain um, numbers, and well, you know how it goes. So. Yeah, I mean, if you look at, for example, the best sports players, LeBron James, for example, comes to mind, right? Mm -hmm. Um, you, you look in, you're looking at him, he never says, oh, I'm the best, mm -hmm. uh, one of the best ever, so I don't need to practice anymore. I'm good. Right. I've learned all I can. He has a coach, he has a trainer, um, and he's, every day he tries to practice and do better than, than the previous. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you look at that, um, it shows you that, you know, standing still, you know, especially in this business, you have to run to kind of catch up or to stand still alone. So for me, it's every day you have to make um, progress and you, you can never say, I know enough or that you know, I, um, I'm, I'm the best or mm -hmm. I've achieved a certain level so I don't need to learn anymore, I don't need to grow anymore. Mm -hmm. so, there's, so speaking of continuing to grow, right, and challenging yourself, there's a scary statistic and that is Orlando Montiel, the marketing guru was on the show a couple weeks ago and, and he brought this up, he said, that the average realtor working 40 hours a week with 10 years of experience is making $28,160 a year annually, right? right? Which So it's not necessarily like the million dollar listing uh, lifestyle and income that most people when they look at real estate from the outside in um, would expect. But so what is uh, something that you would say uh, to somebody you were coaching or mentoring uh, to do to go from being an okay producing uh, agent to really hit a next level, like what? Give me, give me a specific strategy or tactic that you applied that for someone that's already in the field. Some you're in the field, right? You're working, but maybe you want to hit the next level. Okay. Right? You want to be a top producer, as we say. One thing comes to mind. Okay. Get an assistant. Oh, interesting. That to me is 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 Why? key. Um, it, a lot of agents I see, they're checking emails, mm -hmm. responding to text messages. They're very reactive. Mm -hmm. and, in, and in the beginning, you are. You have to be, in a sense. But if you want to take your business to a certain, to the next level mm -hmm. and really be a true success in, 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 you know, um, in a financial sense, you have to get an assistant so that they can do the administrative task and you do what I call um, income-producing activities almost only. Okay. So you want to... Uh, Break those down for me. So okay. which ones are the administrative and, and which are the income? Answering emails. Anything that can be done on a, um, in a standardized way. Mm -hmm. You know, anything that doesn't take a creative uh, field, if you will, to do that, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, for example, you have X amount of listings. Uh, the fact about those listings are there. Mm -hmm. You don't need to be the ones uh, sitting there spending time answering potential buyers, for example, the facts about how many bedrooms, how many ba bathrooms, you know, and, and so mm -hmm. forth. So you can have someone do that while you're out either selling that, like you promised you would do to the seller, <laughs> or um, assisting other buyers, mm -hmm. right? So to me, you have to focus on income-producing activities rather than the administrative task. And for you to be able to do that, you need an assistant. That's really the only way. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, it's the chicken or the egg. So somebody says, well, I don't make enough to have an assistant. How can I pay an assistant? Believe me, if you force yourself to pay an assistant, mm -hmm. even if it's part-time, uh, even if it's remote, you know, they're sitting in the Philippines right, charging a few dollars an hour. Absolutely. So there are ways, especially with technology nowadays, there's really no more excuse in our field. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so in that sense, I think if you get an assistant that, um, that can help you with those administrative tasks, it, it, it helps you 
think, okay, what is it? What are my creative ideas? Rather than being reactive, you become proactive. Mm -hmm. So what can I do? Where can I farm? How can I assist them better? What else can I learn? If you need to, you know, catch up on on that as well. Mm -hmm. So it helps you be much more creative and put in place different ideas, um, and fail, and learn mm -hmm. and continue much better. Right. So, and I think uh, you know the road to success and failure is almost the same. You mentioned failure, John. So tell me about your best failure and what lesson you learned from that. I would have to go back to um, to Embry Riddle, the the first uh, time I attended university, which was uh, which I like I said at 1.5 GPA, and I, I went to when I got a summer job at Delta Airlines, I never went back. Um, also because financially, I was at that time with Delta making more than I would have had I gone back and completed my degree, mm -hmm. and then hoped to have gotten a job. So it was also a smart decision from that aspect, but still. Um, I like to finish things that I start. Mm -hmm. So um, about six years ago, six, seven years ago, I went back um, to university and I, I, um, I this time I chose a, a topic or a major that was in, in my heart and, and had an interest in, which is business administration. Oh, so I got my business degree with a focus on entrepreneurship and business management. Um, this time around, though, I did a 4.0 full honors. Wow. Uh, I, I did it right. This so time. you weren't driving on the beach in a convertible and your Not hair, at all. hair loose? <laughs> Not at all. Funny enough, I was at the time, I was living in a Buddhist temple. So that's wow. where I put myself um, in order to really focus and, and um, you know, do it right. So I was actually living in a, in a, in a Buddhist temple for a year. Um, meditation, yoga, Reiki, you name it. And I did all of that spiritual side, with really, which really charged me up. Mm -hmm. um, so once I graduated, uh, you know, uh, with, a, with a full honors and everything, and I, I got that, I thought about going back to the corporate world. Mm -hmm. It had an interest, and I almost was set in doing that. And then I met um, a gentleman at a, uh, at a dinner. Somebody introduced us, and I heard, oh, um, John, you're in real estate, so-and-so is also... Uh, and I heard Cervera. Mm -hmm. So it was an, uh, it was an, uh, an older gentleman, and I, I shook his hand, and I said, very nice to meet you. Um, so you're with Cervera. And he responded, um, no, I am Cervera. Was this Javier Sr.? Yes, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> best, best first <laughs> intro I could have. Right there. Yes, indeed. So uh, that was a very nice... Uh, Don Javier, if you're listening, we love you. <laughs> love you to death, for Good sure. Character. Um, so he said, I am Cervera, and I had a, we had a big laugh about that, and he said, um, you know, young man, I, I want you to come, and um, I think there's a place for you in, in, in our company. So at first, actually, I was a little bit reluctant. I said, no, I think I'm going to go back into the corporate world. I guess he saw something in me where he was like, no, 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 mm -hmm. you need to come at least to, to you know, to interview and, and come and see what we're about, and then make your decision mm -hmm. from there, which I did. And and uh, almost six years it later. It must have been the Persian charm and dashing good looks. At, must have been. <laughs> he's like, I see potential in that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe because we had the same sense of humor as well, and I love him to death, and I, he's like my godfather in a sense. Right. I, you know, I, I really, um, an amazing man, an amazing human being. I can't say enough good things about him. Uh, I respect him tremendously, and I look up to him, and he's, uh, you know, he, he's truly a good man. So, um, so the rest is history. I came here, and he was really the you know, the, the intro into, into Cervera real estate for me. Wow. Um, so, you know, that, that's really the, the failure of, of uh, taking somebody else's advice mm -hmm. as to um, what you should do mm -hmm. when it's not in your heart and it's not your interest. Mm -hmm. Taught me later on that if I, you know, the 1.5 GPA, 4.0 GPA, mm -hmm. it shows you, you know, they're both applied the same, but if it's somebody else's dream rather than your own, mm -hmm. 
makes all the difference mm -hmm. between failure and success. Mm -hmm. So to me, that failure led me to the success that I had with the, with the new degree that I went after and I got it, um, which opened the door and actually helped me. And, and people say, well, you didn't need to go back to school and why? You were already in real estate, you were doing fairly well, but my biggest success came actually after that. Mm -hmm. um, and I think education is something that no one can take away from you, no matter where you are in the world. Um, you know, it's something that you have as a base for yourself and the, the lessons you learn and the things you learn while you're studying. So that's the, you know, that's school. But then um, I also afterwards put myself through what I call life university. Okay. Right? So, which uh, is? Which is uh, everything from books to seminars to events. Um, uh, my library is quite extensive. Mm -hmm. um, and and I, a lot of the, the motivational self-development, um, uh, my, one of my favorite quotes was, I think it was Zig Ziglar said, you know, uh, motivation, um, I might be wrong about this, but I might be butchering it. But anyways, it was motivation. Motivation is not that important, but it's like taking a shower. You need it every day mm -hmm. to be able to get up and do what you need to do if you want to be at your best. So for me, I, I went through Tony Robbins, mm -hmm. which was a huge um, um, assist for me in that sense. Um, I met him, his wife Sage, they're amazing people as well. Um, he's built an empire um, on, on, on that platform, and I respect him tremendously. I went through all of his seminars, mm -hmm. um, not just in terms of, and again, people from the outside look at it and they think that it's all about, you know, rah, rah, you know, uh, you're the best, you're the best, but it's, and it's, it's far from that. Um, it's really getting to know yourself. Mm -hmm. All he does is he asks you the right questions that you need to ask yourself in order for you to get to know who you are and kind of move forward from that and remove the barriers that you have as we all do, especially if you were raised in turbulent uh, environments like, like I was and like most of us probably are in our own ways, um, it helps you kind of remove those barriers and really get to know you and get to know what makes you happy and mm -hmm. kind of hone in on that and really go after it. So um, I did that. I kind of did self-development. I did the school part and I did <clears throat> getting to know me as well, mm -hmm. reading books, going to events, um, being with like-minded individuals. Mm -hmm. The environment is very important too. So when you do a Tony Robbins, uh, not not that this is a Tony Robbins pitch, but uh, but it kind <laughs> Tony, of, that one's for free. <laughs> that is, that is. I, I expect my royalties later. Yeah. Um, you know, when you go in that environment, mm -hmm. you you don't. Most of the time, your cell phones don't work anyways in that in the closed environment that sure. it's in in the you know in the halls or whatever that is. So, and most of the time, you're so taken by what's going on in and around you and the information coming at you at the speed that it is, you don't have time to think about the outside world. Mm -hmm. So you're in there for three, four, five, seven days, depending on the seminar, almost completely disconnected from the outside world, especially when I went to Fiji, for example, mm -hmm. for the health and wealth um, mastery. Um, you're almost disconnected from your friends, from all the outside influencers, and you're just taking in new info, surrounded by people that are like-minded, that are learning to strive. And you have people there, CEOs that just sold their company for 500 million and they've been on the beach for six months and now they're like, okay, now what? You know, what's next? I've done everything. Um, so you have people like that and then you have people that are just, you know, struggling in life and, and you know, wanna see where they are and what they're gonna do next. So you have all different kinds of people but everyone's hungry mm -hmm. and everyone wants to learn and everyone wants to grow. So you build very strong bonds almost immediately, mm -hmm. lifetime friendships in a matter of days with, with some people. So to me, that's invaluable. So I did that, and, uh, and I think that helped me excel along with the yoga and the spiritual side. It was kind of a perfect mm -hmm. mix uh, to fuel me. It was like jet fuel, yeah. and it has been for the past five, six years. 
because at one point during the past five, six years, I, I didn't go on vacation for four years. Wow. And so I, you were burning that midnight oil. I really there. was. And I, and, I, um, and I had the strength to do that because of what I built there. I kind of filled sure. my tank to the max with jet fuel, and then I just uh, took off. Um, and uh, it came to a point where now um, I feel like, uh, you know, balance I is important. Mm -hmm. But I also feel like um, if you want to achieve extraordinary results, mm -hmm. you can't do that with balance, but being balanced. Interesting. If you want extraordinary results, you have to take extraordinary measures. Mm -hmm. Right. So. Everybody said, well, you have to be balanced here. Fine, if you're at a certain level and you want to keep, maintain, and have um, a steady growth, fine, you can do balance. Mm -hmm. But if you want to um, kick it into next gear sure. and kill it and just go after it and, and do what no one else has, has done in that period of time, you can't be balanced. So you're sort of you're a, a, in favor of the thought that at least for a certain period of time, you have to do extra. You got to go beyond, let's say, your standard nine to five, Absolutely. if you will. Um, and for for our millennials that are out there listening, uh, you know, hone in on this because I think it's important. So you got to put in the legwork, the heavy lifting, so to speak, in the beginning is what you're saying, and it'll pay off later at a time when you can have that balance. Is that what? Absolutely. I'm I mean, we're in an age of immediate gratification. Right. right. We're in an age of uh, if you want something, jump on Amazon, and two days later, it's it's at your door. Two days later? What, you, what about Amazon now? You uh, Amazon, exactly. Or Prime, yeah. You Prime just get now. there right away. So um, that's I feel like that's the age we're in. Um, so I believe in delayed gratification. Mm -hmm. I'm a big believer in that. In certain things, you, you shouldn't starve yourself because then you burn out. And I almost did after the four years mm -hmm. of not going on vacation. It affects your mind. It affects your behavior. It affects everything. And it's not good for you in a sense because I, I pushed it to the edge. Mm -hmm. um, and I like doing that because in, in uh, on my heart, I'm kind of a little bit in an extremist sense. I like to be all in or nothing, mm -hmm. you know, with the important things in life. You're either first or you're last. <laughs> like Almost, <laughs> in a way, right? But failure is, is your best teacher as well. When you win, you don't really learn much. Mm -hmm. um, when you lose is when you go back and you start, you know, in the locker room when and there's a winning team, or all they're doing is celebrating and drinking and Pop having models. fun. Exactly. Um, there's not a learning process. There's not, how can I do that better? It's, I right. did great, good for me, yay. Um, but the ones that fail are the ones that thinking, okay, I should have done it this way. They're strategizing, they're getting stronger, they're learning. So I think I'm not afraid of failure at all. I actually welcome it. Fail often and fail early mm -hmm. uh, is one of the best lessons. Um, and, and do it as much as possible because it, it teaches you. It's the best teacher in life. And um, I mentioned this actually on another show was I bumped into or I met uh, one of the executives from Facebook Mexico a couple weeks ago at the uh, CMX one-year anniversary party in Brickell City Center. And he mentioned that uh, their, their, their culture or basically their, their vibe there through Mark Zuckerberg is fail hard. You know, just learn, do, do it wrong, do it fast, and then learn from it and move on to the next one. So I, I like that. Because I think, you know, failing hard, it, it's painful, mm -hmm. right? It's uncomfortable, it's painful. And if you fail hard enough, it teaches you of that pain will be a motivation for you never to kind of repeat the same mistake again. Mm -hmm. So that's a great lesson because out of fear of that pain or not wanting to, wanting to avoid that pain, it, it, it kind of solidifies that you will never under any circumstance want to feel like that again. And that's also another kind of fuel that drives you. You know, there's a push and a pull. You know, you can uh, create a, a beautiful 
uh, image for yourself as mm -hmm. to where you want to be in the future, what things you would like to have, which is very important. And that to me is kind of a rope pulling you. you. You should create that for yourself, but also what kind of pushes you are the failures, are the mistakes, mm -hmm. are the things you should have done better, which we all have, and Lord knows I have plenty of. Um, that push you sure. away from that. So it's kind of like a magnet force what one side pushes and the other the other pulls. Ladies and gentlemen, we're talking to John Reza Parsiani, or as his friends know him, Johnny Parsiani, a.k.a. the Persian prince I was promised. <laughs> I came with Thrones <laughs> reference for you there. John, this is amazing stuff here. As we wind it down, because I know you have some closings to get to at, at Aria, uh, as we wind it down, I want to get into the rapid-fire section going to hit you with some you know some some uh, some questions for outside of the field outside of the lines uh, we touched on some good stuff there but i'm just going to throw these at you don't overthink it okay first uh first and foremost what's your biggest weakness patience okay. patience my lord um it, it can serve as a weakness and a strength also so i feel like um, you know how it served me as far as a, a strength has been uh, I, I don't take the status quo. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it typically takes two years for people to do this. No, for me, it's going to take six months. Mm -hmm. So I, I have unrealistic expectations like that. So mm -hmm. lack of patience has, has put me in a position where I don't accept the status quo. I don't accept how, you know, people came before you, had to do A, B, and C. Okay, well, fine. Maybe I can do it better. Mm -hmm. Maybe I can learn from that and, and do it faster or, or more efficiently. So it served me in a positive way that way. But in a negative sense, um, you know, it, what it does is it, it creates um, frustration, sure. right? Um, and and uh, I, have to, I have to do better with, the, with having patience in an area. And I'm trying to also focus when, it, when I get to the points where I'm frustrated when something isn't happening the way I would like it right. or in the timeline that I wouldn't like it, I focus on the things I can control mm -hmm. and surrender the rest. You kind of like do your best and surrender the rest. Mm -hmm. For me, I focus on everything that's within my control, and I say, okay, my focus, focus is very important. Attention and focus is going to be directed towards that, thing, those things that I can control, and then the rest is, it is what it is. I'm not going to worry about it, and I just, uh, you know, um, move forward from there. So outside of real estate, what uh, personal or professional projects give you the most joy? Um spirituality debate uh, I, i'm always up for a good debate about god and and meaning of life and mm -hmm. philosophy the, the philosophical sort of absolutely like and history big history buff um you know my my icon and, and role model in life is always cyrus the great the first persian king mm -hmm. um 500 uh, years before christ he wrote the first human rights charter um, that influenced the united nations that the founding fathers uh, the american founding fathers kind of uh adopted his governing um, style and, and, and very much led to the influence directly, the Declaration of Independence mm -hmm. and so forth. So, I mean, for him to have uh, more than 2,000 years ago, think about and, and write um, the first human rights charter, mm -hmm. you know, religious freedom, uh, abolishing slavery, mm -hmm. which wasn't done here in the United States uh, not even 100 years ago. That was, for me, extremely forward-thinking, mm -hmm. and that, that, that is someone that I look up to. So having a role model, having an, an idol in that sense is very important for me in life. Um, so I would say that... Um, cool. Yeah, those are the things I... And I, speaking I, of, I, yeah. uh, of, of reading and materials, <clears throat> what's on your nightstand right now? What's a, a good recommended reading for our audience, something that's um, you know, profound and maybe I'd impactful? I'd say you know, everything from what I started with was like Tony Robbins, Zig Ziglar, Les mm -hmm. Brown, um, all of these these greats, um, 
Napoleon Hill, mm-hmm. all of these amazing human beings. Um, Actually, Perla was on recently. She talked about Napoleon Hill as well. Absolutely. Um, so I think you know, success is a formula. It's not. It's not. Uh, you know, if you follow X, Y, and Z, mm-hmm. more than likely you will get there. To what to what measure you'll have success depends on your own drive. Mm-hmm. But if you follow those set rules, you will always get there. So in that sense, I, I would say um, I, those are the the greats. I like I said, I'm also a history buff, so I always go back and. Uh, I'm a proud Persian in the sense of where, um, where my ancestors, what the contributions they had to society and, mm-hmm. and all of that. So I read about those and I think it's good, it's important to know where you're from. Mm-hmm. Those are your roots um, and not to be disconnected to those um, does me a great service. So those are some of the books that I always read, but Audible is great. Um, love Audible. Love it. because uh, Obviously also the Miami Real Estate Podcast. You're yes, on your <laughs> obviously. First on the list. Um, but I, you know, no, but seriously, Audible is great. It's you amazing. Like, I listen yeah. to that all, all the time. Because a lot of us don't have a lot of time to sit sit there and read a physical book, mm-hmm. although I love that and that's my uh, ideal form of, of learning. But you know, when I'm in the car driving a lot, distances and so forth, mm-hmm. or when I'm working out, I'm always, you know, when I wake up in the morning, mm-hmm. uh, the first thing I do, I have a rebounder, which I actually got from Tony Robbins seminars as well, which is a great way to detox and also wake your body up. The first thing I do at 7 a.m., I wake up and my rebounder is in the balcony. I go and I jump on it. Um, I do about Wait, 10, what is the rebounder is a physical the, thing? The ones where you jump. Okay. Yeah. I thought you meant like you, you have a rebounder like as a no, process. No, no, no. <laughs> is that the right term? I think that's the right term. Uh, maybe. Is, I think, so it's a product. I think it's a product. Yeah, the you round, jump on it, like a trampoline. The, trampoline. That's oh, okay. what it, Maybe I'm calling it the brand. Oh, like what's maybe a that's the brand. Maybe that's the brand name <laughs> okay. or something. But like yeah. scotch tape. Once you get there like you so massive, you call yeah. it scotch instead of actually tape. Anyway, exactly. I digress. Continue. So, uh, uh, you know, I jump on my trampoline, if you will, in the balcony, and mm-hmm. that's my 10, 15 minutes. And I, while I'm doing that... Aren't you um, on, like, the 20th, 30th floor? Isn't that a safety hazard? I have a bar in front. <laughs> <Okay>. So, yes. <laughs> my friends always say, when they see that, they're like, are you insane? You can just jump over. But no, I have the bar in front. So that, you know, that keeps me from that. But um, I do my meditation. Mm-hmm. I do my, um, my gratitude. Mm-hmm. I send out the good positive energy to my family and my loved ones and the world and everything and I start visioning my day mm-hmm. how it's gonna go my business all of that um, so I think that's the most powerful thing I do in the morning sure and then when I'm you know in the shower shaving whatever getting ready for the day I have a speaker and I always put audible mm-hmm. or I go on YouTube and I put all these you know um, self-development all if I'm want to learn about real estate uh, the greats you know, so I'm always in a learning mode. I'm always, you know, kind of like everybody's so focused nowadays on feeding their uh, their their body, mm-hmm. you know, eating healthy, organic, all of these. They're putting so much focus on that. But I think equally, if not more important, uh, certain times than 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 your body is how you feed your mind. Mm-hmm. You know, when you watch the news, it's most often negative. So you're feeding your junk food. Mm-hmm. You know, so for me is I, I like to be careful, as careful as what I feed my mind as my body. So I'm always filling it with everything from books and you know what's a book? It's somebody's 30, 40 year lifespan mm-hmm. condensed into something you can read in a week. Mm-hmm. So you can gain 30 years of knowledge in a week. Right. It would be crazy not to. Right? And every you know, nowadays you have it access for free. You don't even have to go to the library or buy it or anything. Mm-hmm. You have it. So that's that's how I eat. Excellent. So last, uh, last second to last question for you. You're an entrepreneur. You're always on a plane. You're at expos, uh, aria conventions, winning poker matches. When you're not, <laughs> when you're not doing that, where can we find you here in Miami? Sort of relaxing. What's your favorite hidden gem? Uh, favorite aspect of Miami? 
Well, like I said, I haven't had much balance in the past uh, three, four years, so mm -hmm. that my social life has been almost non-existent. But now I'm at a point where I'm, I'm introducing balance uh, into my life. So um, Soho House, um, The Standard, I like boating, I like chess, um, hanging out with friends. Uh, I'm a homebody a lot of times as well, so inviting friends over, listening to some jazz or some good music, and, and um, you know, just, just connecting. So that, those are, tennis is a big favorite of mine. Right. Um, playing sports, being out there. I, wanted, I forgot to tell you this, but when we were in Seattle, you showed me that Chess with Friends app. Yes. And I downloaded it, I love it. I play That's it what we gotta time. play, you haven't challenged yeah. me. Well, because I've been preparing. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> Preparation is important, so, yeah, right? absolutely. So, John, um, last question or final thoughts. Leave our listeners, our fellow entrepreneurs, real estate professionals out there, what message do you have for them? I would say keep a positive mind. Uh, honestly, I think that's the most important thing in life is, is uh, keep a positive outlook. No matter what happens to you, I have a belief that things happen exactly the way they're meant to. Um, so I don't regret things. I, that doesn't leave much room for regret. Mm -hmm. uh, the Buddhist philosophy of being open to everything and attached to nothing mm -hmm. is one of my favorite uh, kind of uh, mantras that I, that I go by. Mm -hmm. um, and and um, you know, really being looking at everything in life as a, as a learning lesson of saying, okay, this happened to me. And the, and the Buddhists also believe in, in you were, you, before you were born, uh, which is a very interesting uh, thought process, before you were born, all of us were born, they believe we picked our families, mm. our mothers, our fathers, our sisters and brothers uh, for the challenges that, is, that we need to learn in this lifetime. Our friends, all the challenges that come to us in life, they believe that we selected it in order to learn what we need to learn to, to go to the next level mm -hmm. uh, in the next life. So I, I think I love that philosophy because that, that, is cool. that puts all of the responsibility squarely on your own shoulders so that there's no victimhood, there's no one to point to and blame. Um, and it keeps a positive point. It's, it keeps your mind searching, okay, this horrible thing happened or this failure happened. I kind of brought this on in that sense. What can I learn from it? What's the lesson in it that's going to help me progress in life? So that's, uh, that's my way of life. Um, I love it. That's a, that's a great way to, to take us out. So it's been fun. I hope it's you had a, a, a nice time, right? It's been great. You, I have to say, you, you, you delivered on what you promised. You're like, I'm a diesel engine. Once you get me going, <laughs> once you get me going, we got some great content there, great insights and, and information and, and advice. So thank you for being here. I'll let you get back to Aria. I think you have, you guys actually, speaking of Aria, you have a few units left over there. What, we have, uh, right now we have about 52 units left, which represents almost about hundred million dollars in sales okay um, which which uh, leaves you know some some a lot of work so you to got still some work done. to do okay I we're thought we were ready to, to, to celebrate but you have some some work to do. no we're definitely in celebratory mode, sure. mode as well we're doing about 20 to 25 closings per day Wow which is uh, and you're in a hot neighborhood East Edgewater for those are. of you that aren't Super familiar uh, art with. and entertainment district. Oh, right. arts and whoops, yes. I'm totally getting fired. So A and E, no, no, no. A and E <laughs> district. I, I arts draw, and entertainment yeah. district. Everybody. I draw that fine line because it, it uh, you know, true. it's an amazing neighborhood. Great it's a museum. great product. Absolutely, walking distance to everything. It's kind of like the best of New York meets the best of Miami because yep. you really have. Uh, you have the walkability, you have the opera, the ballet, the theater, the museums all around you. Mm -hmm. You're on the water in front of a beautiful park that has all the sports Some activities. Of the best views, I think, in Miami over there. The best views the in best Miami, views. I would say. You know, you have gorgeous water views during the day, beautiful skyline of Miami during the night. Mm -hmm. um, I love the city. It's growing in leaps and bounds. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're not in Miami, come um, visit me. You can check parsiani.com. Uh, it's a shameless plug, but uh, <laughs> I'm happy to hey, do it. Hey, go for it. 
<laughs> and uh, I would love to, you know, to work with you, whether you're buying, selling, renting, or in the in the industry, and you want to work together. So, love it, Johnny awesome. Parciani. Thanks for coming. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show and we certainly enjoyed making it. We hope you will come back. We've got some more great content dedicated to informing, intriguing, and inspiring Miami real estate professionals. Where can you find us? We're on the podcast store, wherever podcasts are available. That's iTunes, of course. We're also on Podbean, Spotify, Audible, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Google Play. You can even ask Alexa about us. Go ahead and visit Cervera.com slash blog. That's where our newsroom is located. We've got some more great content there as well, market reports, and more. You can sign up for our newsletter there. Connect with us on social at CerveraRE or send us an email, Miami Real Estate Podcast at Cervera.com. We would love to hear from you. So from all of us here in Miami, where the future is always bright, until next time. <laughs>